Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 215. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games, and we'll be largely, for the most part, kind of continuing uh, last week's podcast. This is basically <laughs> episode 214, part two, essentially. Um, essentially, uh, I've been mostly still working on the PCFX video, uh, so I haven't really done a ton of, of new stuff. Uh, but in, in recording that PCFX video, um, the, the, the big thing I'm having to do right now is just get a lot of footage for games. I, I generally prefer to use my own gameplay if possible, uh, rather than grab other people's online. It's just, I don't know, sourcing online is always a weird thing. And, and I've had times where I've tried to like reach out to people and be like, do I, can I get permission to use your video? They almost never respond. And, and it's sometimes just like, well, like I'm trying to just work on this thing and I just need some footage now. Um, so I've pretty much kind of taken the, the approach in recent years of just record everything all the time. Um, you know, because in the end there's a chance I'll need it in the future. Uh, like I had with the near video, I had, I ran into the issue that I don't have any gameplay for near gestalt or, uh, near automata, either or of those. So there was originally going to be a video that was more in line with like, Hey, why I like near, near the original near over automata. Um, and, 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 it, and it, eventually I kind of found what I was looking for or like what I was interested in the, the new near release. And I was happy about the video I did with that. Um, but one of the challenges I was facing was like, I don't have any gameplay of Automata. I don't have any gameplay of Gestalt. And if I want to go online and grab somebody else's footage, that's a lot to, to grab. And I don't know, especially when you're starting to source a lot of footage from one person. Um, I feel like I need to really make sure I go on my way to like, nope, you know, where I get that from, things like that, um, which in the near video, I did mark who they, who they came from in those cases, but it's, it's kind of just a clumsy thing. If you go back and look at my videos, you can see I'm all over the place in how I do it. I don't really know the best approach to it, to be honest with you. Um, so ideally the best approach to it is I have my own gameplay. <laughs> so, um, but I don't have a lot of the PCFX games that I, I wanted to include in that video. Um, so I went ahead and burned a bunch of PCFX games. Um, you know, I, there's a couple of approaches I take to PCFX. One, if a game's cheap enough, I will go ahead and buy it. Like that's, that's, I will always prefer to have a physical copy of something, even if I'm not even utilizing that physical copy, you know, say for example, welcome to Pia Carrot. I have a burned copy of the fan translation and that is the one I'm going to use when I play welcome to Pia Carrot. Um, but after I had that, I was like, well, I gotta have a copy of Welcome to Pia Carrot. <laughs> so, and it wasn't that expensive. I think it was like a 20 or something bucks, maybe, maybe a little more than that. I don't remember, but you know, it was pretty cheap overall, you know, less than a, a full price video game. But when I look at something like Kishin Zenki or Dudududa Duda, things like that, that stuff is pricey and, I, I would have a really hard time justifying the cost, something like that, especially for something like Kishin Zenki, which is like a 30 minute long video game, right? Um, really, the, the the only thing I might, the, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, one thing I always say is that like $100 is probably like my cap on what I'll pay for a game. Anything above $100, it's getting to the point that it's like, I, this is just kind of money spending to spend money. And, and especially for video games that are widely available. Um, if it's something that hasn't been, like, there's things I need to do with it, like, in the case of the Private Idol, like, desktop accessory disc, I did go ahead and buy that, because there's no archive of that online, uh, you know, there's, I found a couple of pictures that, the, about the fact that it exists, but I couldn't find anything else, and I ended up paying, like, 50 bucks for it, and then after shipping everything, it was, like, 70 dollars, so very expensive for a disc that was pretty much useless for the most part, there's some, some interesting stuff on there, but, like, for the most part, it, it really didn't add much value to the world, uh, but if, if I feel like there's a need for something like that, I'm like, okay, I will, I will buy this, 
And maybe in the future, I can take the approach of like, I think Jeremy Parrish does this with, um, with Game Boy coverage, because there's a lot of Game Boy games that are incredibly expensive, but he wants to get all the packaging and manuals as he'll buy the expensive video game with the complete intention that he will not keep it. He will get the material, scan everything he needs out of it, and then basically sell it back off. To my understanding, obviously I'm not following him super close, but that's my understanding of when he has a very expensive game on the channel. He either loans it from somebody or he, um, he will purchase it and then sell it back essentially. Um, so that maybe I'll take that approach in the future. I was looking at that far East of Eden game on PCFX and I was kind of interested in checking it out. Um, it's a little burning games on the PCFX is a little weird, especially with like full motion video because it's, it seems very sensitive and keeping all that stuff in line. And that, that far East of Eden game is completely based off FMV cutscenes. So I'm like, is this going to work very well? I don't know. It seems kind of random whether or not it works, to be honest with you. I, I don't really understand burning games, but I did find somebody's online guide for burning PlayStation games recently. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to follow this guy's guide, you know, start to finish and see how it works. And it's kind of mixed. And I don't know if it's an issue with the burning of the game itself or something with, with like the PCFX or just the nature of it. Um, but essentially, <laughs> I can kind of like power on a game on and off a handful of times. And then sometimes it will just like just get in there just right. And then it's just like, okay, cool. I can run this no problem. Uh, but then there's things like some of the more elaborate RPGs specifically like Miraculum or I don't know how to pronounce it. Dan Der Lingrisier or something like that. It's like a Lingrisier franchise. I don't know anything about it, honestly, other than the fact that it exists. Um, but, but those games seem to have some real problems trying to read from a burn disc, or at least when I was trying to play it at that time. So, so I'm not really sure. There is like a way you can like increase the, the like the, the, strength of the laser on the pcfx which might help with those those situations so that might be something i i try in the future but for now where i just need like this you know five second clip to shove into my video it's not really a big deal so so most of my weekend this week was just burning a bunch of games anything that i had clips of in in my my video about um not only so i can get footage but also to make sure just like i had an understanding of what it was um, a good example is Comic Road. That game, I didn't really know what it was. I thought it was more of a like adventure visual novel kind of experience, but it's very much like a life simulator where you go out of your way to um, essentially, well, you're, you're, you're basically a manga artist in Tokyo and you you basically plan your week out and, and manage your funds and your stats. So it's a life simulator kind of thing. Um, and I didn't really quite realize that before. So, so it's good to have that, especially if I'm going to have it in a particular section of the video where I think it's going to fit best kind of thing. Um, and then I also played like the, the I forget what the baseball game is called, but the baseball game on the PCFX, which plays like a baseball game. <laughs> so, you know, I can pretty safely say, okay, this is going to fit in this section kind of thing. The other game I looked a little bit at was uh, Dragon Knight 4, which is um, a game I hadn't really heard about the Dragon Knight series before. Apparently, it was like an erotic PC adventure game series with like, you know, more so than just erotic. It's like 18 plus full, you know, intercourse kind of stuff. That's my understanding. All that. What I was surprised by is apparently it was like ported to a bunch of consoles. And so um, it, it was on like the Super Nintendo um, and the PCFX. I think there's a few other consoles as well. Um, and it was kind of interesting to sit down and look at what how like each version changed. I just kind of looked up some footage of it because very early on there's a scene... Uh, at least in the PCFX version where you run in, like to a lady and she's just like, ah, you want to see my my chest basically. And and in the PCFX version, it shows like a full 
um, picture. It's not, it doesn't show any, like, you know, anything specific, but you see the chest area and everything like that. Um, and, and uh, so I was kind of curious, like, well, what does this look like on the different platforms? Cause I knew the PCFX from when I was reading on Wikipedia, the PCFX version was not the full PC version either. It was also somewhat censored. So the PC version is just like all in on this. It's like showing way more it's like, okay. <laughs> um, but I thought it was funny. The super Nintendo version, uh, it's like basically the girl like pushes you into the bathroom and they don't show you any like visuals. It's just like text that basically goes across the screen with like little hearts and stuff on it so it's kind of interesting to see the different versions because the the pc and the pcfx are like here's some full screen art kind of thing and then the super nintendo version's like here's some sprites bumping up each against each other so you got like an idea of what's happening <laughs> now well not bumping up each other like in terms of actually doing stuff but like just them like you know animating around you know showing what what is essentially a tease that she's doing towards you in, in that version, I would assume. It was all in Japanese, so I don't know what was actually being said, but it seemed that they, they kind of kept intact that that kind of um, teasy sexual nature of that scene uh, in the Super Nintendo version. They didn't just, like, cut it out or something, so. I was surprised, though, like, after I played all these PCFX games, and maybe this was just two weekends of doing the same thing and jumping between a variety of things and, like, crawling up the floor to put my disc in, get back up, you know, setting up recording and all that stuff and burning games, but I actually was kind of burned out by all of it by the end of this week. I, I kind of think that I might be good on, on playing just kind of random PCFX games for right now. Uh, it was a fun little adventure to kind of learn more about what was on the system. Um, so yeah, it was fun. One thing I did do though, is I accidentally exploded my, uh, internal memory on my PCFX. I just wasn't paying attention. Like it wasn't a language barrier thing. I was not even trying to like, I just was not thinking. And I just like went and clicked on one of the buttons that it's like the, they have like two buttons they have delete this save file and they have delete all save files. And the buttons are like right beside each other. And both of them just have like a yes prompt. You have to press after clicking them. And, uh, and I went and clicked the yes prompt on the delete the entire uh, internal memory of the PCFX. So lost all my save data for everything. Thankfully, I didn't really have much in progress. I did actually start up a new first kiss story, uh, route with one of the characters, mainly just to get an idea of how the phone translator, like, I updated my Google Translate on my phone and just wanted to see if it's improved the translation process on on things, especially with piece, with First Kiss Story. The background text has a lot of um, noise in it because the 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 text um, box is see through, so you can you can see a lot of stuff behind it. So the, the like visual noise often will get in the way of like a camera app tool from translating it. Um, and it seems like they have improved that um, over the over, since I last played First Kiss Story. Because when I last played First Kiss Story, if I tried to use the camera translation tool, it was a mess. It barely worked at all. Um, and the, now I pretty much got what I would expect, which is like little bits of info that make the story kind of make sense. Um, but it's not something that I, um, um, you know, you don't really get full complete sentences still. That's not something I expect uh, out of out of that, that using that. So anyways, rest in peace, First Kiss Story, 100% save file. I probably should go out of my way to unlock Unix Fighters 98 again. Um, not that that's hard to do. Uh, I think I, the guide on my website, I think I wrote that it takes like 40 minutes of just basically, you know, putting on this skip feature and running through the text and then selecting certain options. So that's not particularly hard to do. Um, it might make it a little harder in the future if I need to compare anything for First Kiss Story on the PCFX, but I went and checked and I have like 500 gigabytes of First Kiss Story footage on my, my, <laughs> um, my, uh, drive. So I'm probably good. I'm probably fine. So... I'll just kind of put that to the side for now. I might revisit one of the later versions of First Kiss Story um, if I do try to like put it through the phone translator um, um, 
you know, uh, uh, or use the phone translator to actually try to learn more about the game rather than learning Japanese because I'm a jerk. <laughs> I was talking about this recently, and like I think I'm just kind of fascinated about like how far I can push getting into these games without knowing any Japanese. Like now that that desire is almost more strong, like stronger to me than than actually learning Japanese to to like talk about these games. <laughs> I think I think one of the appeals of it is like. It's, it's hard to be like, hey, this game, you got to learn some Japanese to figure it out, right? Like, you're going to have to know Japanese. And, you know, somebody's not really going to commit the time to it. It's great, like, to, to know Japanese to kind of inform people of, of stuff and things like that. Be like, hey, here's this game. Here's what's happening in it. This is what it's about. You know, if you're missing something, it might be because they say this, 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 this in, in Japanese. And you just kind of missed it. But with, like, the approach I take that is a nightmare, um, it's also like, hey... If you want to come down this nightmare hole with me, you can. You you can get started. You can get your your mount camera mount. You can shove against your 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 monitor uh, today for twenty dollars, and you can you can sit there and try to figure out how to play. You know whatever whatever Dragon Knight Four. Dragon Knight Four is actually a pretty straightforward game from as far as I can tell. It's kind of interesting. Anyways, no more PCFX talks for now. Um, very brief other thing I want to touch on. Um, uh, this, this is not really anything that's, that's big, but, you know, I still kind of play Apex as my, like, game that I just play because I don't want to think about uh, more video games because whenever <laughs> whenever I start playing something, it becomes like, like, hey, if I want to play my copy of Battle Rage for the Wii and, like, figure it out, which we played on the stream and, you know, Battle Rage for the Wii is maybe not the greatest game, but... I think there. I think I will play Battle Rage for the Wii to to some extent, to an ex, a, an extent that is more than just you know five minutes that we spent on it. Um, I started thinking about what I do with Battle Battle Rage. Right? I'm like, I, I what 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 is this? What is this? Let me think about it. What what can I say about this game? And even if I'm like, I'm not gonna make a video about Battle Rage. Don't make a video about Battle Rage. My brain will still try to make a video about Battle Rage. <laughs> so Apex Legends is a game that doesn't let me uh, do that, thankfully. Um, so yeah, I just started playing Fuse, which is like the grenade guy. And it's kind of neat to have a character that's so focused on explosives versus shooting. Um, I mean, shooting is still a big part of that game. Uh, but you just have the ability to like throw a ton of grenades. And you have like a, a self-recovery grenade that you can just kind of basically stick to people and like do these little like firecracker explosions, explosions on them. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that. I, I used to play Gibraltar quite a bit, but I think I might, for now, stick to Fuse um, and and just enjoy that weird little grenade launcher he has. He also has, like he can basically fires grenades like like a mortar strike instead of like having to throw them because he has like this like mechanical arm. He like puts his grenade and launches them off. So that's all I really have to say about Apex. Nothing new, special going on there. That game is exactly what you think it is: a battle royale game in the Titanfall universe. Video games. Popular video games. I talk about them sometimes. Um, in terms of news this week, there's only a handful of things I really want to touch on. Um, one is, and I don't really know if this was new news, but I saw that there were some cotton rock and roll footage, or uh, yeah, some gameplay footage, or maybe it was just screenshots. Anyways, there's some cotton rock and roll screenshots that came out. And if you don't know what Cotton is, it's like a side-scrolling shooter that features like this witch girl. Um, it's a cute series. I, I think it was from like the arcade Saturn and, and maybe something on the PC Engine at some point. That kind of era of shooter. I, I don't know the series super well, but they recently did like a re-release um, through Beep, which is that Japanese store in Japan that that has a very particular niche focus on these types of uh, 
games within this space, I'll say. Um, and the rock and roll game is supposed to be a new cotton game coming out. Um, it looks a bit rough. I, I don't know if it's a studio Saizen Zen game, but Umihara Kawase is showing up in there, which makes me think of it. And it also has that kind of rough 3D look that their games have. I don't know what is wrong with their 3D models, but they always just kind of look bad. <laughs> um, Blade Strangers is a game that comes to mind with that. I thought Sayonara Umihara Kawase was fine, actually, visually, but that was also like a 3DS game. Um, but yeah, they're just, their 3D graphics do not look amazing to me. They always look a little rough and weird. Uh, and this game is no different. And again, I don't know if it's a Studio Sizenzen game, but since Umihara is in there, I'm like, maybe that's probably a Studio Sizenzen game. <laughs> um, so yeah, but eh, it looks rough. I'll never play it. I, I, I bought Glay Lancer whenever the virtual console shut down and still have not played it. So that tells you about how um, enthusiastic I am about playing 2D shooters. Maybe I'll buy play Glay Lancer at some point. I'll probably play uh, Chojin Heki's Roigar first and foremost, mainly just because the fact that it's on the PCFX, to be honest with you. Um, the other thing that w uh, came up this week was just that Square Enix said that Final Fantasy 13 3, or not 13 3, sorry, that already happened, called Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 10 3 um, could potentially happen. You know, it's, it's as far as I understand, the Final Fantasy 10 storyline was kind of left on, I don't know if a, a cliffhanger, but kind of left unresolved um, from what happened in Final Fantasy 10 2. They said basically that they think this would happen after the Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm going to be honest with you, and I say this all the time about Final Fantasy. At this point, Final Fantasy has been so stuck in their like specific worlds that they've made over the years that I, I really hope they just kind of push forward on making new releases. I think I, I sometimes worry that like stuff like the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to take away from you know getting new numbered Final Fantasies. I mean, obviously Final Fantasy 16 is finally coming along, but yeah, I don't know. The, 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 like the side spinoffs and stuff seem to take up way more resources than I, I would like out of Square Enix. I'd rather make, have Square Enix be making new stuff rather than just, you know, adding on sequels to their games. I say that, but Final Fantasy 13 2 is a great video game. I think it's better than Final Fantasy 13. Haven't played uh, Lightning Returns yet though. But anyways, so, you know, if, if they make this separate pipeline cool, I guess, for, for remake stuff, um, I kind of took like the original approach they were taking with the seven remake where they just brought in that other studio. I forget what studio it was. It's one that worked on the Naruto games, uh, cyber connect two, I think is what it's called. Um, and I kind of prefer if they did more of that outsourced work for this stuff, but you know, whether or not it would have been the same quality as a whole other thing. I assume the reason that cyber connect two did not finish that video game is because it was not meeting the same quality that they, <laughs> they wanted. Um, but I just, I'm not a huge fan of final fantasy just getting so stuck and it's like past uh, over the years whether that be the spin-off games or the you know um um you know the, 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 all these mobile games that basically well i don't want to complain too much about the mobile games because i'll never play those um and those are like a particular style of game right they got to have gotcha they got to have characters popping out of there that you're giving money for like i kind of think that makes more sense I think the things that kind of bothered me more was like the Final Fantasy Explorers stuff and like bringing in another Final Fantasy characters in there. I'm like, I, just make Final Fantasy Explorers be its own thing. You don't need to bring in Squall, Leonhart, what is his name? Lionheart? I don't know. Squall in that game <laughs> um, is, is my general feeling about that. But hey, you know, Final Fantasy 16 still coming, so I can't complain too much. Although I don't know if I'll like Final Fantasy 16, but I need to see more of it. I have not talked about that game in a while, actually. I forget what year. I'm pretty sure it was a 2022 game, right? Um, if it's not 2022, then I am going to bet it's 2022. Or if it's not set for 2022, I'm going to bet it's 2022. Um, so, yeah. Another little bit of weird Square Enix news is that the Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die multiple mobile game 
is uh, getting localized, weirdly enough. At the end of this year, I was not really expecting this to be the case. This is the one of the Dragon Quest games that are focused on the anime that uh, I think had a season that came out last season. I don't know. I don't keep up with the anime very much. So uh, I don't really know what it is. But there was a, there's a Dragon Quest anime that was like a remake or revival of an old Dragon Quest anime. And it's very much in that style and aesthetic. And they announced three games alongside it. A mobile game, arcade game, and a console game. Uh, I think the console game looks really cool. I think the um, the arcade game looks really cool. The mobile game looks neat, but I don't think I'll ever play it. Admittedly, I would probably never play any mobile game ever again, I feel like. <laughs> it's, it's it's There's a very low chance I'll play your mobile games, unfortunately. Uh, but I was just surprised to see this getting localized. I don't know if the other Dragon Quest mobile games got localized, like Dragon Quest Walk or anything like that. So... I don't know, maybe I'm just out of the loop on this one, but I was surprised to see that coming over. I'm still hoping that the console game will come over, because um, I think it looks pretty neat. Um, the arcade game, I 100% will, 100% assume will not, uh, not only because it's an arcade game, but also because it is a card-based arcade game, which those never come over, I assume because the printer, roll, printer rolls are so freaking expensive, and those games kind of require you to um, have a long-term relationship with that with that unit, or, or that with that, with that game. Um, you know, you have to build up a collection of cards, and that kind of affects how you play, and you have progress and things like that, and connected to servers. So I'm going to guess things like that just don't really make a lot of sense in the U as for the the small market that would probably be interested in it um although i think like the injustice game has like card support doesn't it i know some horse racing games also at one point had card support but i don't really see those around anymore to be honest with you so so yeah uh, and this last story I want to talk about is actually a mix of old news and, and somewhat new news. Um, I, the stream deck got of uh, the Steam Deck got announced, uh, which is the portable uh, computer that that Steam announced that is basically in the shape and form factor of a Nintendo Switch. Um, it looked pretty cool. I don't think I'll ever check it out. I was thinking though, I was like, you know, I the, one of the problems I have with PC games right now is that I can't really uh, capture them at the moment because of uh, my PC just not being strong enough to play games and also capture at the same time. I can capture just fine at 1080p60, but I can't do other things very well uh, alongside doing that capture. So that is something that I was like, well, maybe I could like use this as like a device that I could connect to my capture card and, and capture that way. Uh, obviously, the specs of this thing is not going to be amazing, I'm sure. Or, well, they've announced the specs. I don't know what any of it means, so I'm not going to read them to you. You can go look it up. <laughs> but but I was like, this seems like a neat little device. The biggest thing is I just don't play games portably much, so it wouldn't make a ton of sense. Uh, but it does have, like, a Windows OS on there, and I have found more recently that having a portable PC would be helpful for me in terms of work. But there are things I can do to get around that right now. My old laptop is just not really doing what it needs to do anymore, though, unfortunately. So, you know, being able to, when I travel, be able to better easily check stuff would be kind of nice. But at the same time, hey, maybe don't bring your your <laughs> your work with you on vacation, too. So, I don't know. I don't see too many scenarios where I get a Steam Deck. But I think it's a cool thing. I don't think it'll do very... I don't think it'll, like, you know, eat up the Switch market or anything like that. Um, but it is a nice alternative, especially for people who are just kind of frustrated by the Switch's um, kind of uh, lackluster hardware that they seem to be committing to for now. Uh, the the other announcement, I guess, that we didn't really talk about last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember for sure, um, is the Switch OLED model, which is basically the announcement that the Switch is staying the same, but with a new screen um, that is an OLED screen. I don't know anything about OLED, really. I know it's supposed to be a nicer looking screen. Don't know how that really applies to a console like the Switch, if it's in you know, how much that, 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 that would help it, but I assume they're selling it with it because 
it would make it look better. Um, so, yeah, but otherwise, it's just, the Switch is basically just staying the same, same hardware inside. Uh, they are, like, imp- implementing a uh, Ethernet dock or Ethernet port on the dock, but you can already get, like, a cheap USB connector for that for your current Switch if you want to. But it does make the, the shell a little cleaner for sure. And uh, they also were um, uh, implementing more internal storage space. So, you know, if you don't want to have a, a SD card in there with more storage space, you get up to, like, I think it's, like, 64 gigabytes rather than the 32 two gigabytes of space so so it is a larger space there uh but it doesn't really seem like something that anyone would really upgrade to unless you really want to have a you know the best portable experience with the oled display um or if you want to hand off your switch to somebody else right um if you're playing it like me where i have it just docked 24 7 i highly doubt the switch oled will really be a uh, a big help you know having a cleaner dock sure but for 200 or 350 bucks no 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 uh, but it's kind of interesting that really what you what you got out of the switch updates everybody's been talking all this time about like hey the new console like the consoleized switch that focuses on console performance or hey here's the switch pro model that is about you know better better visuals better graphics and what we have gotten so far are two releases focused at the portable market specifically here's your cheap switch light model and then here's your um you know essentially switch portable pro model <laughs> um so yeah i'm assuming that the current switch will be phased out at some point in favor of the oled one because the price difference is not that big of a difference things like 50 bucks so i think it probably makes more sense to put like a bigger gap between that and the switch light um but you know you could yeah. I'm sure they're going to try to sell out what they currently have of the old model as is. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a ton of strong feelings on either of these devices, but I think that they're both kind of neat little things. Um, But, you know, to some degree right now with how hardware is in terms of getting like getting hardware right now, um, putting out a new model of system on the market to me is just like. It's one more thing to stress about, I feel like, uh, which is not really what I think I, I want at this point out of out of purchasing hardware. I'm basically just waiting for the analog duo at this point and like doing my my very unlikely shot at getting an analog duo. That is like my 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 main focus on getting hardware right now. Uh, whenever that is announced, uh, they 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 said that it was coming in 2021, but I think that was before we knew that this electronic shortage nightmare would be a thing. <laughs> so I don't know they have a warehouse of analog duos are just waiting for the right time to launch, or if they uh, are are currently in the production pipeline, so they're hitting issues there too. But they said they were gonna like start, take pre-orders sometime in 2021. So. I, I really don't like getting into that model, but the big thing with the Analog Duo is that PC Engine Duos are more expensive than I'd like, and I think at this point, um, given the fragility of those models and things like that, I would rather get something that's going to be uh, long-term a better option. Um, and and hopefully, you know, my hope is that it would basically stick to... Um, you know, being as hardware accurate as possible, you know, it's an FPGA board, so it's intended to be hardware emulation. Um, So I think generally most games will probably be fine, but, you know, I tend to like dig into more obscure games, so it might be harder to, or it might be something that might not get tested, you know, as much. I need to play the Hunix golfing game, although I think that one's going to be one I have to pirate because it is, I think, uh, over $100.00. But admittedly, that's like over $100 on eBay and pricing for that kind of stuff is all over the place because sometimes people just have no idea what, what people want this Hunex Golf game for. They're like, I don't know, 70 bucks, buy it. <laughs> and you're like, that's not worth $70. Then you go to Japan and you find it for like 20, 30 bucks on a shelf, you know? Um, so so yeah, maybe, maybe you know, not really super important. Right now, my biggest interest is playing Private Idol. 
Um, I really want to play Private Idol at some point. That is that is a high priority item on me for that system. So yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. In terms of upcoming content, there's kind of not really anything planned at the moment. Still working on the PCFX stuff. I did decide to make an alteration to the PCFX script a bit more. Um, so I do have to do a little bit of reconfiguring of the video slightly. Um, but I don't think it's going to be big enough to really get in the way of, of, of wrapping that specific piece up. Um, otherwise, though, um, I'm going to need to work on the smaller PCFX videos. The ones that are like the guides. Um, I don't think those will take a ton of effort, but uh, we we will see. I know the Sparkling Feather one, I probably want to sit down and play through par- Sparkling Feather on that one. Um, I did play through it once and got the bad ending, but I would like to try to at least try to get the good ending. The problem with Sparkling Feather is that game is very slow. Um, strategy RPGs on the PCFX in general feel very slow. Um, and and that is that is that game is no exception, for sure. So... I don't know. I, I got to also potentially do a lot of like saves coming as well. So anyways, that is still in the works at the moment. So I will announce anything that I have planned coming up. I'm sure whenever I have knowledge on that, um, but I got to kind of plan out the next big video and uh, I can probably put something together for a shorter video as well, but uh, I don't really know what that is yet. I'll let you know. But the Animal Crossing video came out last week. If you want to check that out, the Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival video, um, it it bombed pretty hard in terms of views, which I kind of expected. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I don't feel so bad about that versus like the Near video when it first came out because the Near video was like, okay, this is somewhat relevant. More recently, Near's a hot topic. You know, like I would I was hope that like uh, like at least a handful of people would check it out, and eventually it did catch on like a month later. Um, but but the Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival video, like who's looking up Amiibo Festival stuff? nobody <laughs> so it's like you know i don't I'm, I'm gonna put that video out and like the 30 people who watch my video usually are gonna watch it and cool thank you guys for watching that for sure um it was more of like a filler video as well just because i knew that i was not gonna be able to get the pcfx stuff t- t- stuff done in time um for for what would normally be the you know i typically want to try to get one featured video a month but that, that doesn't always work out unfortunately so that that came out because of that basically um but i had some ideas of what i wanted to do with it too and i think you know having another perspective on amiibo festival is a valuable thing out there obviously i have the quick plays and things like that out there but that's kind of you know longer form content that's not really the the tightened up content that's meant to 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 be able to you know appeal to others so i did post it on like the wii u reddit board i don't know i hate posting on reddit because i always feel like i'm intruding on somebody else's space with that um i basically check the rules and if they don't say no self-promotion i'll be like okay i'll post it here but if they say self-promotion i'm just like okay i won't post here <laughs> um although i have uh, i have gotten like a a little slap on the wrist i think in the past uh, i think i posted like my chibi robo video on like the gamecube reddit board and they're like hey there needs to be a discussion around this and your video doesn't give enough discussion. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, but whatever, it's their community and I'm not a part of it. So I'm not like upset about that or anything that they're going to run it, how they run it. And I would also be kind of weirded out if some person just showed up and just started dumping videos in my community. Right. Or at least one video. Um, but you know, just trying to get that stuff around a bit more, but Amiibo festival, probably not going to get any traction. Also, if you like Animal Crossing stuff, obviously I'm not really putting out content like that. But go ahead and check out Jack Stalge's videos. I mentioned it in that video, Animal Crossing video I put out. You know, he has a lot of interesting Animal Crossing videos. The, the reason I linked him over, you know, really anybody else is because when I think about 
like well-made Animal Crossing materials. He he is making videos that is like exploring interesting aspects of the Animal Crossing series. You know, Japanese games. What what are the differences between the Japanese and the U.S. versions? Stuff that I think is is somewhat relevant to the people that are, that are interested in my are there in my community of me like comparing Disaster Day of Crisis versions, right? Stuff like that where it's like, why is anybody looking at this? Don't know. It's important. <laughs> um, and then uh, he also has one like on the Animal Crossing anime things like that. So if you're interested in those kind of like more niche topics when it comes to Animal Crossing, definitely check his videos out. I think he's like got great, great quality stuff. You know, I think one of the problems I have with a lot of Animal Crossing coverage online is that usually a lot of time it's just like, oh, here's what I did in my town today for 20 minutes, which, hey, that appeals to a particular audience, right? Like, I'm not going to sit there and say, you know, that's that's not worth anything. Um, but I, I do think Jack Stalls' videos are, are well-researched and, and put together. And he's got a lot of good Nintendo stuff in general. So go check that out. Um, cause, cause even though I played with the end of the video, I was like, I'm, there is, you're good. He's going to get zero traffic from this probably. So, so, so I'd appreciate if you take some time to look at it. Otherwise that's it though. Um, we'll play, we're playing Elibits on the stream right now. We started last week, played about a, an hour or two and a half hours of Elibits. We also played a little bit of Battle Rage on the Wii. So if you want to know what Battle Rage is for the Wii, go check out the end of last week's stream. It's there. Um, and you know, it's a video game that you can indeed play. <laughs> uh, so we'll be playing more Elibits this upcoming Thursday. Um, I think the Elibits will probably be about three or four streams long based off the, uh, the, the progression that we're seeing so far. It does seem to be, be getting harder though. So there is a chance that maybe we'll have to repeat missions and that will make it a little longer, but I would expect it to be no longer than about four streams. Uh, in, in that regard. And then uh, we'll try to figure out what we're going to do from there. I was looking at Sonic games, maybe. Um, Sonic and the Black Knight is definitely appealing, but at the moment, I feel like we played too many Wii games back-to-back. Um, so I might try to fit something else in between real quick that's on a different uh, platform. And then we might revisit Sonic and the Black Knight right after that. Uh, I don't think that game's very long either, so so I don't think it'll take too long. But anyways, onecontrollerport.com is the website. Thanks so much for coming, and I hope you have a great week. Bye!